Hi there, and welcome to the T21 Mom Podcast. My name is Mary, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we will talk about life, Down syndrome, mamahood, single parenting, and pretty much everything in between. I have a daughter named Ainsley, and she's six years old and rockin' an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome. And I'm living life my way. And today, like many of the past episodes, my friend Ron joins me. Hey, Mary, how's it going? I'm doing awesome, Ron. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Awesome. So today is kind of a, a very personal episode for you because this was kind of one of those very emotional times in the Ainsley story and amongst many other emotional stories <laughs> in the Ainsley story. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us about as Ainsley has grown from being you know, from being a toddler, she's now in school, and you had to entertain and you had to entertain and go into a process that the school mandated that you go into. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yes. Yeah. So, what is the name of it? Because it it has a very long bureaucratic <laughs> name, and I'm going to let you say it. It's what most parents actually dread is the IEP. IEP. And that stands for Inter- Individualized Education Plan. Oh, so there's a plan. For each child, yes. For each? Okay, and is this for every child in the class, or is it just for special needs kids? It's just for kids with some sort of designation. Some kids have IEPs that are very simple. Like maybe they, I know one mom that I work with, I think she told me that in her son's IEP, it's just he needed a visual schedule. So it was very basic. You know, if a child has a special, some sort of special need or needs some extra help, they would have, or a designation like Ainsley has, they would require an IEP. Okay, so this would be Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, something Anything, like autism. Autism. You know, even if you have a child. Left-handedness? Not that. That okay. would be you and me then. <laughs> <laughs> but we go to physio and there's a a young girl there and she has a visual impairment and I would assume that she also has an IEP. Okay. I mean, she's typical in every other way, but she does have some vision issues. So they probably have to provide different materials for her. So it's kind of covers things like that. So, but Ainsley's is obviously a lot more involved and there's a lot more people involved and it's a really stressful time. And most parents, you know, I don't think really enjoy going to the IEP. And, and as we'll talk about, my first one was not fun. So is there a document that comes out of this? Like everybody signs off on, mm-hmm. you know, like when I was, you know, when I was having had an employer, we had a plan where you would sit down once a year with your boss and you'd commit mm-hmm. to certain things and then you'd have to sign off on it. Is that? It's like that. And yes, you do have to sign off on it. And it is actually a legal document. Oh, really? Yes. And I didn't know that. Actually, Jen, our support worker, who we recently spoke with, she actually told me that because I did not know that, that it was actually a legal document. So so as a legal document, the school commits to a certain level of service and a certain level of behavior, and you have to commit that Ainsley will... Kind of like that. Like they set out goals and you know objectives and strategies on how you're going to get to those. And in Ainsley's case, there's kind of like a team of people through the school who help make that happen okay so the goals the objectives they're written down everybody signs them mm-hmm. how do you sit down and have that conversation well the school you know sets a time for you to come in and it's pretty stressful 
the first year when Isa was in kindergarten and I've touched on it on previous episodes how we had just some difficulty entering into the school system on a full-time basis how they wanted a walker and how I ended up being part of well the school called a special meeting or actually it was a school board I think that called that meeting to discuss the use of the walker that I was against and a couple weeks later her IEP and we were the first IEP of the school so when it was kind of funny because the principal actually suggested that I bring our physio Brenda who we recently had on to the IEP she wasn't at that special meeting Jen was and the school board was there and then the school had had a few other people present but I don't think the principal actually thought our physio would come because you know being a private physio it's on a weekday she probably thought she wouldn't be able to get away from her practice but lo and behold the IEP was held on a Monday and Brenda has Mondays off and so she came and we can talk about great what happened in that meeting okay so who all was at these meetings so Generally, when what I recall when I went the first one, and I don't think it was much different. This last was the year, kindergarten one. The kindergarten, yeah. and I it was probably the same in for uh, grade one as well. But the school, you know, they have the principal, the teacher, Ainsley's aide. Although I think the aide could only stay for part of the meeting for that that day. They also have the school physio, the school OT, the resource teacher who is kind of leading the IEP meeting. And there there was the school speech path was there. There was also, I think the hearing, I don't know what to call her, the hearing resource person, because Ainsley, well, I don't think she had hearing aids yet, but so I'm not sure if they were actually there, but for some reason I want to, I think they were. So it was quite a large meeting. And so it can be very intimidating going into these meetings. So I recommend to anyone don't ever go alone (laughs) like bring somebody even if it's just a friend they can just be called your advocate because you know they everyone goes around and introduces themselves and they could just say I'm an advocate for Ainsley or for John or whoever because it's pretty stressful and you want to feel like you have a little bit of backup it sounds like there's that procedure like bringing somebody with you is kind of like getting one of those diagnosis that they always say you should really bring a family member or friend because they know that they're (laughs) going to remember more than you are and you know what that's exactly right and so at that IEP meeting our first IEP meeting Jen and Brenda came with me and also a woman from supported child development who oversees Ainsley's support in the daycare which is really the before and after school care it's actually located on the school grounds but is not affiliated with the school so you know, there was four of us against, I don't know. I don't want to say against, but it was a bit of a battle. There was a lot of people in the room. There was a lot of people in the room. Yeah. Okay. So what went on in the prelude to her kindergarten year in that IEP? Like, what were some of the things that were discussed? Well, prior to the IEP happening, both the school physio and the OT had come to Ainsley's daycare at that time. And it was early in the summer or yeah I think it was June and here in uh, BC our school year doesn't start until September but they came to sort of assess Ainsley at that time and remember she was still just barely walking at that point so you know she's not as sturdy and kind of walked like she was drunk a lot (laughs) so 
right away the physio wanted her to have a walker and so that's how this all started when we entered into the school year about getting a walker and by that point Ainsley was walking pretty good but she did flop a lot but that was her way of resisting because she couldn't actually communicate so that was sort of the the prelude to the IEP that they were doing sort of a small assessment on Ainsley and her abilities at that time but then we've got a few months to go before the IEP actually occurred like probably four months later because it wasn't until October so a lot of things can happen during that time and Ainsley was a much better walker but what happened at that meeting at the IEP is it just kind of went downhill so as I mentioned Jen and Brenda were with me and each person talks about what their goals and objectives are for Ainsley like the speech path is going to talk about their their goals for Ainsley you know and then the OT is going to talk about their goals for Ainsley and some of that was about like getting her the right type of chair to sit in because as Brenda mentioned in her episode is even sitting when you're low tone even sitting for a long time can get hard and so they did get her a special chair that she could sit in that would offer her a bit better support than a typical chair would the horrible school chairs no matter what grade you're in (laughs) yeah they're not comfortable right (laughs) and and then it got to the physio and the physio really wanted the walker and Brenda did not and this school physio maybe had spent maybe at most maybe two hours with Ainsley we see Brenda for two hours a week so Brenda knows Ainsley much better than the school physio and I tell you they went to battle but I totally support Brenda because she got Ainsley walking in a very short period of time and did not feel that Ainsley needed the walker and even at one point during this meeting I think I had suggested or maybe it was Brenda that Ainsley wear what's called a physio belt when she was out and it's just a strap that's worn around the chest with like a strap in the back to that someone could hold on to and the school physio was totally against that and both the school physio and the OT felt a walker was more inclusive I don't know why why they would think an actual physical barrier would be more inclusive than a strap worn over her jacket, which I could just get a black jacket. So you would really not even notice the strap if you're another child. Seems a bit odd. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was just really challenging. And when the school physio wouldn't back down and at the end of the day, the principal had to shut down the meeting because Brenda stood her ground and I totally support her and I wasn't gonna say anything because Brenda knows what she's talking about and the school physio refused to back down refused to listen to Brenda and I hate to even say kind of in an accusing way suggested to Brenda that she didn't understand the school system and Brenda said no no I know full well how the school system works as I worked in it for many years so and you know there was a lot of tension in the room you could feel it and it was it was really hard because I didn't want it to be all about animosity yeah and also you know there's so many other things that we need to talk about and to discuss I know she's going to get better at the walking and you know as I said in previous episodes when this all kind of ended and you know and I talked to Ainsley's aide and I just said just try not to use the walker too much because I knew eventually she wouldn't need it but it was kind of really disheartening that this was my entry into the school system for Ainsley that we 
couldn't get to agreement on it was and it was mostly the physio things and I will always trust Brenda over the school physio because Brenda sees Ainsley more frequently than the school physio and it's not the school physio's fault they have a huge caseload but I'm and Brenda, s- well Brenda you know Brenda's done magic right so pretty much right <laughs> so I'm gonna always go with Brenda with what she says because basically in my opinion she was like a miracle worker for Ainsley and got her walking in no time and is doing all these other amazing things with her Ainsley's swimming now she's running you know all those things and I know that that would not be happening if I hadn't gone to see Brenda you know and I hear it from other parents that the school services and and I get it it really it's not going to make a huge dent in each child's life. You have to do private, you know, in this, but they're there, they're mandated to be there and to assist your child. So at this, at this meeting, the kindergarten meeting mm-hmm. seems to have degenerated into a discussion strictly about physio and walkers. And mm-hmm. was there any, was there any discussion on the educational goals? Not really in kindergarten. There wasn't a lot about, and I even noticed in grade one, there wasn't a lot about educational goals. And I remember from the kindergarten, you know, a lot of it, well, not a lot, but there was some of the OT goals were about Ainsley using like a fork and a spoon. But I'm thinking that's, you know, that's only one part of the day when she's eating lunch and she's not eating hot lunch every day. You know, but also was getting her to sit better. And I understand that. And also potty training was sort of on the horizon, but that really became more prominent in the the sec, in the sec grade one IEP because I got someone in just shortly after she started grade one to, to do the potty training. So no, not really. I mean, they talked about their own different goals and of what they, how they wanted to achieve those goals and about Ainsley, you know, talking the speech path, you know, making more choices and eventually ended up, we use a, an iPad at school that Riley talked about with using ch- touch chat and things like that. But none of that was in place in kindergarten. So, you know, the IEPs, they're hard. You, you know, you go in there and basically they're going to talk about all the things your kid can't do. All kind of, and I don't even really like the word, the deficits of your child but I feel you need to go in there and tell them the things that your kid can do. Did they give you an idea of what they wanted in terms of the physical things that your kid should be able to do by the end of the year? Or was it a discussion about uh, this is what she can do, that's where we expect her to stay? Was there, did you get the impression at any time that there was sort of, they were throwing up roadblocks or they were throwing up, you know, throwing horseshoes? Well, I kind of, sort of felt that they had set the bar a bit low and I'm all about set the bar high and as Brenda said on the previous episode is just set the bar high and see where they're gonna go stub your toe on the moon yeah and you know I think our kiddos might surprise you there's gonna be some areas that are gonna be more challenging for sure you know and I and Ainsley did have that challenge of mobility in in kindergarten but you know once things got going and she got to know the routine and her aid has been awesome you know, because she, you know, has expectations of Ainsley and, you know, and, and Ainsley showed that she could rise to the challenge. Whereas in the IEP, they don't really know her yet. I mean, we'd only been in school for less than two months. We had that horrible entry in where they wouldn't let her go full time unless she had a walker. And then even when I got the walker 
the principal was, oh, no, wait, we got to train on it and assess it. And I'm thinking, you asked for the walker. I've Let me got ask you a question about that, that walker, because it keeps coming up. And who paid for that? The walker? Yeah. It actually wasn't even Ainsley's walker. Okay. I called Jen, again, Jen. And I said, you know, where's Ainsley's old walker? Because I knew the daycare that she had been at, they had moved, like physically had moved. And she goes, let me find out. Meanwhile, she's in Southern California. (laughs) But an hour later, she called me and said, that walker will be there tomorrow at the school. And it was some other child's walker that had been loaned from some other organization. So it was not even Ainsley's and twice removed. It was a a hand on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and like as I said previously, I had to concede to the use of the walker in order for Ainsley to go for a full day. I knew she could do the full day. They kept saying she was tired, but I go, she did 10 hour days in daycare. So I know she's not tired, but they equated flopping on the floor as being tired, where it was just her way of saying, you know what? I don't want to do this. So they were relating to typical behavior. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So... It was a learning curve for everybody. But, you know, once we got through the IEP and, you know, and the resource teacher is the one who actually stages the meeting. She goes through all the goals and objectives. And then we just kind of go for there, go from there. And I, I don't know, I just right from the very beginning, like just the tone, I didn't feel that the meeting was going to go well. And it did not. So that must have left you somewhat disappointed, dismayed, uh, hurt. Yeah, it it was it was hard. And I talked to Jen and Brenda after, and Brenda was obviously upset about what had happened because she knew what Ainsley was capable of. And, and as we discussed earlier about the schools worried about their liability, and I get that, I do get that. But I also felt they weren't really going to give Ainsley the chance to show, you know, I can walk, I can do this. And yeah, she's stubborn for sure. And, and I know that's a lot of the flopping on the ground is her way of resisting saying, well, I don't know what we're doing. So I'm just going to flop on the ground or I don't want to do that. That, that, that part of it's come up many times, <laughs> like not just with Ainsley, but uh, when we were talking with Brian, uh, Brian Donovan about his sister, Kelly, like that was it, like just the whole flop, like, yeah. Plunk it down. I'm not doing anything until we have something, until mm-hmm. you tell me something that's going to make me stand up. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it, it honestly wasn't how I wanted to see the IEP go. I had never been to an IEP before, and that was my introduction, where the school physio and our private physio go to battle, you know, and I'm always going to stand by Brenda. Always. So have you talked to other parents who have had their experiences with IEPs? Yeah, a little bit. And nobody likes it because, as I said, it talks about all the things that your child can't do. And, you know, and it's it's hard. It's hard on this mama's heart to hear that she's not at that level yet. And sometimes I wonder, are we ever going to get there? It's Sometimes it's going to take a little bit longer for our kiddos to achieve those milestones. And yeah, and, and, it's, and it's hard. At any point, did you feel that they, they didn't feel their system was up to the challenge of what you wanted to challenge your kid to do? Yes. I mean, it's a large school. There's 500 kids there. And I'm sure there's some that probably need support that don't have it in place. And so they're, they're 
they're dealing with all these different kids. And I understand that. I'm really glad though that we got a really great support worker, Ronnie. We'll give a shout out to Ronnie. And who who has high expectations of Ainsley. And I know that a lot of the things that Ainsley has done is because Ronnie makes her do them and expects things from Ainsley. So yeah, it, it, it was disheartening, but as the year progressed, things got a little bit better. But one of the things that I did is I joined the pack because I wanted the one, I wanted to have a say in what's going on at the school, but also I wanted them to see that I'm not there to be a problem parent. I want to be involved in the school and I will do lots for your school, but I also have cookies included cookies included. (laughs) And I did do cookies for the end of the teacher's year that year. And, but I have to see that you're, you're working with my kid and that she's just same reasons that every parent that's involved with a, with a pack is getting involved with the pack so they can sort of have some say and some input over the infrastructure of their children's school exactly and also just so people can get to know me not that oh that's Ainsley's you know that's the kid with Down syndrome's mom although lots of people know Ainsley's name I mean I run into people all the time that say is that is your daughter's name Ainsley you know we we're at the farmer's market and a lady asked me that and it turns out her older child goes to Ainsley's school. So, you know, it's just everywhere we go that happens. But she's the rock star. She is. And even the principal said that. So, but my advice, though, to parents that are going to an IEP is, as I said, bring somebody with you. And one of the other things that I did, and I got it from another rockin' mom, and I'm sure it'll be fine to put her link on the on the episode notes is it was a a little one pager and it was like a little mini poster I did it on Canva it's a a pretty easy app to use and it kind of just highlighted Ainsley and told a little bit about her what she's good at things that she's working on what works and what doesn't work and I know that you know in the kindergarten they really appreciated that and especially when we did the IEP in grade one one another one of the staff there said, I'd never seen this before, but I know that they really appreciated it. I gave it to the teacher and also to Ainsley's aide, obviously. So they, they just kind of see what's going on in Ainsley's life. It's just a little. So those were your, you basically saying it's like the resume for resume for Ainsley. Yeah. This is what my, this is my kid. This is what she can do. Mm-hmm. This is what I expect her to do. Yeah. And, it, you know, I put a nice little picture on and, just a little bio info, like how old she was and some of her likes and dislikes, just so they can kind of get to know who she is. Like pasta is one of her likes, <laughs> loves it really. And just so that they had a, a little bit of an idea and that she's just not another number in the school system. And it's a really easy app to use. And we can put a link in the show notes for that. Okay. But I think that's something great that the parents can hand out. And also that you have it in front of you when you go so that you can make sure that you you celebrate your child's achievements and the things that they're good at and what they're also working on but also go in there you know you should come prepared like come with some with your own goals what you wanted like for example in the grade one IEP I said it might be a lofty goal but I want Ainsley to learn to read because they're learning to read in grade one and as many of us know kids with Down syndrome are very visual learners and you know, and Ainsley was, she wouldn't really say she was reading a book, but she certainly 
was reading a lot of words by the end of grade one. And I was very happy with that. So set the bar high. You might not always reach the moon, but if you don't. Well, stubbing your toe on the moon is <laughs> it's no shabby feat. No, it's so, not. And also... Never mind the pun in the stubbing your toe. <laughs> I, I do have a question, though, because out of these meetings, mm-hmm. you go into these meetings, there's a document that comes out of this mm-hmm. that you have to sign. Yeah. And what's like the, the teacher gets a copy of this. The teacher is involved in the in Yeah, the meeting. they come to the meeting. Yeah. So once the IEP, everybody comes to their agreement on what's going to be in the IEP, mm-hmm. what happens with that document? Who sees it? Where does it go? Where is it filed? Do you get a copy? I get a copy. The school obviously has a copy. And I would think that all the people who were at that meeting would have a copy because right. they're somewhat involved in Ainsley in some shape or form, like either through speech or OT or physio. And obviously her aide has one too, so that she can see the goals to work on. Because she's the one that's working the most intimately with Ainsley. Every day she sees her, so she knows, okay, we need to be working on these goals. You know, how are we going to get there? And yeah, and like I said, it is a legal document. And so the school needs to adhere to what's in there. So how long, when do you normally go for the IEP meeting? Is it in late August, early September? When is the document finally drawn up and given to you yeah well in kindergarten a lot of questions (laughs) that's all right in kindergarten we were the first IEP so I think it was probably the first week or into the second week of October I think it was well that's when they start because school is just kind of getting into the swing of things right so yeah and then I think it probably for most parents it probably goes right through probably till the end of November maybe I have heard of some parents they were having their IEPs in November and I think children that have a lesser need would have their IEPs a bit later because it's not so critical I think to have it in place right at the beginning of the school year but in kindergarten it took me forever to get a copy of the IEP it's was I think a three or five page document not very long and I kept asking for it and asking for it. November goes by. It's we're getting into December. I kept asking and I kept being told it's coming. It's coming, I guess. I asked again in the new year. I still hadn't seen it. I'm going, uh, don't you just need to type it up? And I remember even saying to Ainsley's aide, Ronnie, I go, I, I don't know what's in the IEP because I don't have a copy of it. She goes, well, I, I know. I didn't get a copy of that IEP. IEP until the middle of April and I was school years half more than half over oh yeah I was furious because I'd been asking for it for months and I think it was five pages it's not long all you had to do is type up what was said at the meeting you should be getting a copy of that I would think pretty soon after the meeting I realize it's a busy time of year, the beginning of the school year for a lot of people and especially for the resource teacher because they have to do all of these IEP meetings and then they have to do all the notes from the meeting and give them to all the people involved. But it should be, I think, a priority. I mean, that's just me saying that. I don't know what other stuff they have going on. But I didn't get a copy of it for, I don't know, seven months. Is that about right? And I don't think that's acceptable. So... Well, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty useless, but it's coming out half pretty much towards the end of the school year when... Yeah, and then they didn't do the review for Ainsley until, I want to say it was around June 10th. School's out in less than two weeks. So to say that I was a bit upset is a 
it's also a bit odd for a legal document mm-hmm. to not you don't know if anybody's living up to their their side of the agreement if there's no exactly. if you don't get this thing till the term of the agreement's over mm-hmm. so i wasn't too happy about it and i did know that the resource teacher in kindergarten she was replacing the regular resource teacher who was away on mat leave and and i she did say at one point that it was she came from a different school district and it was quite different but that's part of your job is got to get up to speed. And I don't know if I was the only parent that waited that long. I, I probably, I'm, I'm sure there were other parents, but I don't really have a way of knowing. So yeah, it was, it was a really disheartening year, kindergarten. I mean, not so much for Ainsley, but for me, it was hard for, in many, many ways. And the IEP was so incredibly stressful and it was really just, a terrible experience but you know as I said bring somebody with you to support you even if they say nothing just so that they you have that support there and, and the school sees that too right and and if you can I know it's a bit challenging but I was able to bring Brenda that, to that first IEP meeting but if you have other specialists involved see if they can come like your speech or your physio or your OT or even your social worker if they can come just just don't go alone and come prepared, like write down some of the things that you want to see your child achieve and some of the goals that you want to set for them. And those people are there to help reach those goals and, and create the strategies that will get you to your child to those goals. So make a list of what you want to see your child do and learn in that year. I have heard from some other parents that some of the educational stuff doesn't really come into play till about the third grade, but I don't really think that should happen. I think Ainsley, she's in the reading program right now and I want her to be reading books. I see her looking at her books all the time and I want her to be able to fully read those books. And I don't think that's an, an unachievable goal. For Ainsley. For Ainsley. And yeah. I think for all our kiddos with Down syndrome, I think I think they can all learn to read. And also take notes during the meeting because you want to know what has been said because look at my experience. It took months and months to even get a copy of the IEP and it shouldn't have taken that long. One of the best pieces of advice that I ever got from somebody who dealt with meetings all the time was always take notes and always take good notes because the guy with the best notes wins. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good piece of advice, yeah. I think. You know, it, it helped me a lot when in my career. So. Yeah, I and, I and I think it's totally valid too, right? Because sometimes it's so overwhelming and you're sort of relying on other people to sort of like be carrying the meeting and also taking those notes but also so that you have a recollection of what well it helps you focus it keeps you focused Mm -hmm. yeah and as i said bring your little one pager and i gave that out at the very beginning of the meeting so you know that you can showcase your child and because you know your child best and make sure you talk about and if you have room to put on the little one pager what kind of environment will help your child do best. Like I know a lot of our kiddos, not so much Ainsley, but they have some noise sensitivities. So maybe they need a break when it gets too chaotic or they need to wear noise canceling headphones if there is an assembly or something like that. You know what things are going to help your child, what things are difficult for your child. And and those are that's the time to let the IEP people know. But you also want to let them know what your child is good at. And I think we all need to brag about our kids a bit. And maybe People should always brag about their kids. Yes, yes. And in front of their kids. Yeah, exactly. 
And one of the things that I did learn is, you know, they could be setting all these goals, but make sure the, the goals are actually measurable. So, you know, don't have it in the IP that you want your child to be able to count, but maybe that they're going to be able to count to 10 or 20 or whatever it is. So make it measurable so that you can, you can track. And as I said too, try to get involved in the school because then they, you know, the staff can kind of get to know you, not that you're just the parent of a special needs child, but also get to just know you. Personal relationships are everything. Yes. And I actually found that that really helped is that when pe- people saw that I was on the pack, I found they, they actually talked to me a little bit more. And I went on the field trips as well, because also it got me, gave me a chance to see the other kids and get to know the other kids in Ainsley's class. And you got to go to cool places. Yeah. We went to the planetarium and I'm trying to think there was, there was another one and I can't remember where it was, but yeah, I did go on, on a couple of the school trips with them. And also our school has a hot lunch. I have never been able to volunteer for that, but maybe you have time. I mean, I know a lot of it is, is time, right? And we're always so strapped for time. But if there's something that you can participate in, the pack meeting is only once a month for one hour. And I found that that's achievable. And or maybe it's just gathering prizes for their various fundraisers. Or maybe you're you can help out with the school play, like help with the costumes, or maybe on the day of, of the play, you can help out. Because I think it's... Just be an usher getting people to their seats. <laughs> yeah, it can be anything, but also just to know that you're participating in the in the school right. and that you want to be a participant in the school and to see how things are going in the school. Because if you have a presence, then your kid is going to get more attention. And I learned that a long time ago when my mom, this is a little sidetrack, but I remember my mom had, had Alzheimer's and someone, I went to this presentation and the woman said, for when you, if you have your parents in the home, the one that gets the visiting visitors a lot gets better care. And I actually thought it would be the other way around. They would take better care of those who don't have as much interaction, but no, it's because you're going to see your family member a lot and you see what's going on. So I've always... And you interact with the staff and the staff kind of understand that you have these expectations Mm -hmm. of care. Mm -hmm. And if you're advocating on a very quiet level Mm -hmm. every time you do that. Yeah. And the unfortunate people, because I saw this when my mom was in a care home, is there were people, nobody ever visited them. Nobody ever came to see them. Nobody Mm -hmm. was ever speaking for them. Except maybe my mother. (laughs) (laughs) But there was always the people that don't have somebody or the people that get forgotten. And Mm -hmm. and not necessarily within the care system, but there's not somebody who says, you know, my mom's not feeling quite as well today, Mm -hmm. which is a trigger to them to say, oh, well, we hadn't quite noticed that because they can't spend every minute of every day with with every patient. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think. Or every resident. Yeah, exactly. And that was the same for my mom. And I think it also bodes into the school system when you have a child with some extra needs that you want to make sure that they're not, I don't want to say neglected, but maybe passed over sometimes. So I think if you can somehow... Or just plain old overlooked. Overlooked. Yeah, that's probably a better word. Is, you know, be present if yep. you can. Some Just try to find a way to be present, to be involved. It might be behind the scenes, but just somehow try to find a way. I mean, we can all make a little bit of time because for me, it's important. And I've always been a big believer, you make time for what's important to you. 
after the trying year of kindergarten, although I think the kindergarten year for Ainsley herself, I think was okay. But like I said, I got involved with the school and I can say wholeheartedly the grade one IEP went so much better and it was a lot was more she, she was at the same school for mm-hmm. the grade one, so everybody kind of knew each other. They'd yeah. been through the process. Mm-hmm. There was a different... Resource teacher. Okay. Yes, and I kind of had given her the lowdown of what had happened previously. She didn't acknowledge that she knew, but I'm pretty sure she knew. And, you know, it just, it went so much better. And I think people were pretty much all on the same page. You know, Brenda wasn't there, but our physio, but Jen came with me and... Uh, Lorraine from Supported Child Development also came. And again, just having backup, really. And when they did the review in January, or sorry, in June, um, it I actually came out with a smile on my face. I was really happy how the year had gone. I could really see that Ainsley was really growing and maturing. And she had some actual real friends, like not friends that really felt maybe obligated to be her friend, but you know, kids that actually wanted to play with her, wanted to help her. They would help her with her reading. or Cared for her. Yeah. And it just We're felt kind like a really, really positive experience. And, and also at the first, oh yeah, and in the grade one IEP, I also brought in our, our potty training, Katie. She came for the beginning of the meeting because that was going to be a big part of Ainsley's school year was the whole getting her potty trained because I did take her out of school for five days to do it and it was awesome and her aide Ronnie was totally on it and I think that was probably also a goal in the IEP I'd have to go back and look but you know and I hope that everyone's IEP can go like that and I remember when we walked out I said to Jen there was a lady walking in I go she looks a little bit terrified you know she was some other parent you know and yeah because it can be scary and it's hard and it's stressful And they always say your drink before the IEP is coffee and your drink after is wine. And I can tell you, after the kindergarten IEP, I drank a whole lot of wine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that happens on a lot of days. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But, you know, that day I, I did need some wine. But, you know, they are mandated to review once a year, which was always happening in June. But I think for this year, going into grade two, I'm actually going to ask that we have just a small review. It doesn't have to be everyone, but maybe just with the resource teacher and maybe Ainsley's aide, maybe, and maybe the teacher. But just a small review, I think in January or February, just to make sure that we're on track and that the goals are achievable. So going forward through Ainsley's education and a lot of other kids that have to go through this IEP process, Ainsley's going into grade two. How long is this process? Will this go all the way through high school Mm -hmm. where this will, every year you're going to have to sit down with assorted people and have this conversation? Yes. And I'm, I'm pretty confident it's also in high school as well, because something will have to be in place. I mean, she'll be more mature then, and I'm hoping a lot more independent by then. But there will have to be certain things in place that the teacher has to be aware of. And mostly it's for the different people that are involved in your child's life so that they know what goals there are and what they need to learn. Like for Ainsley, you know, and we work a lot on writing with her, with Henna, with her OT, just building that strength and being able to correctly hold a pencil 
or a crayon or what have you. I mean, kids in kindergarten are way beyond that already, the typical kids, but it takes our kids longer just because of the muscle tone. So teachers need to be aware of that, that these are things that they're working on because if there is no IEP in place, then they don't know. And like I said earlier- And and they can misinterpret what is typical, what is behavior for a typical child is not necessarily the same manifestation of the behavior in say a Down syndrome child. A child child with Down Down syndrome. There I go again. But you know what I mean? Like the flop, mm-hmm. like the, like just the flopping down thing, which yes. is different in a, a typical child than a child with Down syndrome. Yes. And I, th- and I think that's, you know, they just didn't understand that in the beginning of the year, you know, and I'm sure that I know that there's another child, an older child with Down syndrome at the school. So, and I don't, so I don't think Ainsley and that child are the only two that the school has ever seen. It's possible, but I don't think so. And with it just being such a large school, they're going to have various degrees of children with different abilities. Some are going to be really high achievers where they don't really need any assistance at all. And then there's going to be kids like Ainsley who, who do need the extra supports and lots of kids in between. And I'm sure some of them kind of fall in the cracks because they probably don't have any kind of diagnosis. Because when you go into the school system, like in Ainsley's case, there is a letter designation and that is what tells you what kind of support your child needs. And I'm not even sure what Ainsley's is. I think it's a D, but, and that means that she gets a full-time eight. But if you have a different designation, you might only get a part-time eight, depending on what your designation is. It seems like a, in a school system, giving a kid a, a letter designation mm-hmm. like that, just, I find it offensive. <laughs> <laughs> like giving them a letter designation of D, you know, as, as somebody who was a very poor student, you know, <laughs> it's like that sort of, there's a, there's a label that goes with those kinds of the C's and the D's and the E's and the F's. <laughs> yeah. And there is ABC, but I can't honestly, yeah. can't even remember what they I, I would just think there yeah. would be a better way to, to give yeah, them. Yeah. Like maybe than, a number or something. Yeah. But yeah, and so it's tough, you know, entering into the school, it was tough, it was hard, it was really hard on this mama's heart, but that's where I really learned to how to advocate for Ainsley and to be that voice for her, because if you're not going to advocate, they, you just aren't always going to get the things that your child needs, and and like you said, they will often get overlooked, and it's not because they want to, it's because they don't necessarily know better because when you know better you do better mm-hmm. right and reaching for the stars and stubbing your toe on the moon is no mean feat yeah right and always drink wine and always drink wine yeah and speaking of advocating please remember that you can subscribe and leave comments uh, on our webpage. You can leave comments and reviews and over at uh, Apple iTunes and Apple Podcasts and uh, over on our Podbean app, which is where we actually host the show. So please remember that uh, we're now advocating for you to help us by subscribing, leaving comments, leaving reviews to help us learn ourselves how to make this show better for you. Mm-hmm. And also you can find us on Facebook too. That's T21 right. The T21 mom. mom. Yeah. Whatever's easy for you. And, and please send us email. We would love to very much hear from you. Exactly. Yeah. I want to hear people's stories, you know, and that we can feature on the show and questions that you might have, because I want to share these experiences with everyone out there because I want people to know you're not alone. You know, this has been a total journey for me as well. And 
you know, and it's really helped me in my journey to find other people, you know, who are on the same road as me. And, you know, with a child that's rocking an extra chromosome, you know, there are tough days for sure, but there's also a lot of really good days. And there's also many days where you need your tribe. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's it for this episode on individualized education plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been an eye opener for me because <laughs> I didn't know all this stuff went on. It does. So take us out. Thanks for listening to the T21 Mom podcast. And I would love to hear from you. What things are important to you as you navigate this journey? How are you doing things your way? Drop us a line at our email at info at t21mom.com and t21mom is all one word and let us know what's going on in your life and you can also leave us a message on our facebook page or on our website keep loving on your rocking kiddos and we will see you next time see you mary bye ron bye